the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Grounded and Growing in Christ. I'm Dan Rhoda, a pastor of Worland Park Christian Reformed Church, and today we are going to open the Bible together to hear from God's Word. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. There you can learn more about this audio ministry. And we'd love if you'd consider providing financial support by making a gift of any amount. If you're not part of the local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com. 2 Timothy is a remarkable book. Of course, the Bible itself, from beginning to end, is a remarkable book. All of it is inspired by God. All of it is profitable for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. All of it is God's Word. But 2 Timothy has always been a book of the Bible that has appealed to me in a particular way. And the reason for that is that I think that this is perhaps the most intimate of all of Paul's letters that he wrote, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is the last letter that he wrote before he died, and it's filled with all sorts of personal comments that you don't get in a number of the letters that Paul has written. And for those of us that live right now and remember the life and the ministry of the Apostle Paul and recognize that he was the most successful missionary that the church has ever known, we forget that he was somebody that faced an incredible amount of difficulty and hardship. And a lot of that is recorded for us in the book of 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, he's talking to Timothy and he's talking about how he is suffering. He's, talk, he's talking about the fact that so many who had once been with him have now deserted him. In this passage that we just read, he talks about his own chains. He's been arrested for preaching the gospel. He's in Rome as he's writing this book of the Bible to Timothy. He's in prison. He's cold. At least I assume he's cold because at the very end of the book he writes and he puts this really interesting instruction to Timothy. He says, when, when you come, would you bring my cloak? He talks about all the people that had left him, that desired the glory of the world more than the glory that's found by following and trusting in Christ Jesus. And so... And he's a man who's dying. He talks about how he's already being poured out as a drink offering at the end of this book. And so this isn't the picture of Paul that we often get. At least when I think of Paul, I think of a preacher who is really powerful in his sermons. I think of a writer who gives us, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the largest part of the New Testament I think about a man that the Lord used to work miracles. I think of a successful missionary. I often forget about the man that's given to us in 2 Timothy. Lonely and alone. Cold and dying. At the end of his life. And still trusting in Christ Jesus. 
And so the words that we receive here in 2 Timothy chapter 2 are likely not being written in triumph, but are being written in the midst of hardship and loneliness, and yet deep faith. Timothy, you're my child, Paul says. Be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, Timothy, your strength comes from Christ's grace. Now we know that grace, that grace is so deeply beautiful. John, in the Gospel of John, tells us in John 1.16, from his fullness, that's the fullness of Jesus Christ, we have all received grace upon grace. James, in James 4 verse 6, tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ that he gives more grace. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. And he says now to Timothy, words that he has lived by throughout his whole life. If you're going to be strengthened, Timothy, my child in the faith, my dear child, if you are going to find any strength for this ministry life, if you are to find any strength for this Christian life, this strength will be found by the grace of Christ Jesus. Let me tell you this morning that if you need strength, if you need to be upheld, If you are weak or your trust is failing or you feel alone or cold or like you're approaching the end of your life, your source must be the same as Timothy's source. When you need to be strengthened, you must return again and again and again to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient for you and for me. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient to be all of our strength. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient to make us faithful in this Christian life. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is enough and it is strengthening. You know, one of the amazing things about the Christian life is that there are simple truths that are given to us in the scriptures, simple enough for a child to understand. You don't have to be very old to understand that God is gracious, that God is merciful. You don't have to be that old to understand that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is enough. You don't have to be that old to realize that if you're afraid or if you need to be strong, that the grace of Jesus is enough for you. But one of the crazy things is that sometimes we can be tempted to move beyond those simple truths. I get that. Let me move beyond that. Let me move to something a little bit more challenging, a little bit more complex, a little bit harder. And yet, as Paul is at the end of his life, this incredible theologian, this man who has devoted his life to the gospel ministry, his message is this. Grace of Jesus is your strength. As I'm approaching the end of my life, Paul is saying, let me tell you that grace is enough. Do you want an example of this? Another example of this? Let me give you one. You've probably heard of John Newton. 
If you don't know who John Newton was, John Newton was the man who at age 11 began, uh, began work as a sailor. He began work on, on, uh, on ships going across the seas. He eventually would become the captain of various slave trading ships. But through reading the scriptures, by encountering Jesus in the Bible, he was converted to faith in Jesus Christ. And he gave up slave trading. He became a pastor. He came to openly and clearly oppose the slave trade. He became a vocal abolitionist in England. And in the middle of his ministry, he sat down and he put pen to paper and he wrote very famous words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. And in one of my favorite quotations from a minister, as John Newton approached the end of his life, he was writing to a friend and he said this. He said, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great savior. Grace was not something to be moved beyond for John Newton, but even as he approached the end of his life, he said, even as I forget the other things, I remember this. Christ is gracious, and he saved a wretch like me. To all of us who are here this morning who are weak or weary, be strengthened today by the grace of Christ Jesus. He will give and give and give. In Christ Jesus, there is an inexhaustible source of grace, and this grace in the Lord Jesus Christ is enough for you. It is our strength. Today's message on Grounded and Growing in Christ will continue in just a moment. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, To listen to other messages from our audio ministry, or to make a financial gift of any amount, please visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. That's GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. This audio ministry is made possible by gifts from listeners like yourself, and we greatly appreciate all those of you who continue to make it possible to share this work with listeners across Chicagoland. Now let's return to today's message. And now... In 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, he's told, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Timothy had been given a good deposit. It had been entrusted to him. But he was not to keep it for himself. He was to pass it on to others who would then pass it on to others who would then pass it on to others. This gospel message is not supposed to stay within us, but it's supposed to be passed on. And that's what Timothy was charged to do. Entrust it to faithful men who will then carry on this gospel witness, who will be able to teach others. The gospel message is not supposed to be for only one age, only for one time. It's not only for one group of people, but it's supposed to continue on and continue on and continue on and continue on. And when the gospel message is entrusted to faithful minister and then trusted to a faithful minister and then entrusted to another faithful minister, the impact becomes so broad and big and deep and wide. It's really beautiful. There was one commentator on scripture who wanted to share a story of how entrusting the gospel to faithful preachers had an impact throughout generations. And so he laid out this story. This, This minister said this, in the early 17th century, the Dr. Richard Sibbs wrote a little book about Christ called The Bruise Reed. A copy of that book fell into the hands of a tin peddler who gave it to a a young boy who was named Richard Baxter who read the book, was shaped by it, 
and grew up to be the greatest Puritan pastor. Baxter wrote, among other things, A Call to the Unconverted, which a man named Philip Doddridge read in the early 18th century and in turn wrote, The Rise and Progress of Religion in the Soul. William Wilberforce read that book, and it so changed his life that he led the fight for the abolition of slavery. He was a tiny, stunted man, but had such eloquence for Christ that James Boswell immortalized it by writing that during one of his great speeches, that little shrimp grew and grew and grew and became a whale. I love that. Indeed, Wilberforce became a huge influence in the 19th century British culture and saw the abolition of slavery in Britain just three days before his death. Entrusting the gospel to faithful pastors who then entrust it to faithful pastors who then entrust it to faithful pastors has an impact throughout the generations. That's one of the opportunities that we have as a congregation. It's something that I am so thankful for. You know, I haven't been here for all that long, but but just in the five and a half years, I have gotten to see many pastors to be or pastors come through our fellowship. We've been able to experience that as a congregation. Blake Campbell, who grew up within this congregation, is now serving in a Christian Reformed church on the West Coast. Eli Grunendike, who is a member here and went through seminary as a member here and interned here, he's now serving a Christian Reformed church in Minnesota. Nathan Voss, who was an intern here this past summer, is finishing up seminary and is planning to head into the Christian Reformed church. Evan Tinklenberg, a member here, is in seminary. He plans to finish a a year from this summer and plans to go into the Christian Reformed Church and serve it. The message of the gospel entrusted to the future generation to carry it to other places. And that's not even mentioning the various men and women who have been here throughout their college years, who have grown up in this area and who have gone out all throughout the United States to, to carry the gospel message in all sorts of different ways who are serving as missionaries across the globe. This is a church that delights in seeing the gospel entrusted to the next generation and the next and then the next and then the next. And that's beautiful. And being strengthened by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ enables us to do that. And so Paul says, pass on the gospel. And then he says, being strengthened by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, suffer as a soldier. Verse 3 says, particularly share in sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And the metaphor here is talking about the type of singular devotion that is required to be a soldier. The type of singular devotion that follows the call of the general, even if it means laying down one's life. It means the type of devotion that continues through suffering, in the midst of suffering, by suffering, being able to accomplish its goal. This reminds us that when Christ calls us, he calls us to come and die. Take up your cross and follow me, he says. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. We're told this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When Christ calls you, he calls you to a life of singular devotion for the cause of Christ. He calls you to shut out the din of the world for the call of Christ, your captain. He calls you to come and die. And this is a difficult message for us. Suffer like a soldier? I'd rather not. 
This doesn't make sense to us uh, sometimes in a culture where, wherein there's not, really, uh, there's not really much of a social cost to being a Christian. But that's not the case everywhere in the church today. When I was at Synod in 2016, Synod is the, the, the national or the, the biggest assembly of the Christian Reformed Church. And delegates come from all over the U.S. and Canada. And, and I was in an advisory committee and I was sitting right next to a man who had come to the United States from Korea. And he was serving a church on the West Coast now. And he had to speak through an interpreter. He was a remarkable man. And we were addressing as, a, as an advisory committee the fact that there were some people who were advocating for immoral practices. Some people wanted the church to step back from biblical morality. And this Korean pastor, through a translator, said to the man who was sitting in front of our group who was leading the charge to abandon biblical morality, he said this. He said, in Korea, where I come from, many lost their lives because they would not bow to that which the state commanded. I have lost friends. I have lost my relatives. I have lost my family to death because we would not exchange the truth of God for a lie. And now you are saying that obedience to God is too heavy a burden. That's a beautiful testimony from that Korean pastor. The call of Christ is a difficult one and it is more important than your reputation. It is more important than an easy, pain-free life. It is more important than life itself. And if you are called to Christ, then you are called to lose your life for the sake of Christ. He's your captain. He's your general. And you are called to even suffer for him and to never give in. You know, times of war are horrible times. And because of the horrible nature of war, we can be reminded also of the triumph of those who don't give in. Here's how Winston Churchill put it in the midst of World War II. He was talking to the British nation as they for a while had stood alone against the Nazis. Churchill said, but for everyone, surely what we have gone through in this time period, I'm addressing myself, I'm addressing myself for the school, surely from this period of 10 months, this is the lesson. Never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Never give in. And this is the call of those who are called to Christ to suffer as a soldier. Never give in, never give up. Heed the call of Christ and not anything else. Follow Christ before anything else. Heed the call of Christ and be willing even to suffer for him. And then, the metaphor gets a little bit easier to swallow for us. Compete as an athlete. And while the metaphor becomes easier, the, uh, the call is the same We're told to compete as an athlete. An athlete, verse 5, is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. At this time, if those, for all of those that were, um, that were supposed to compete in the Olympic Games, in this culture in which Paul was a part, they were able to, to get away from normal life for 10 months to do nothing but train for the Olympic Games so that it would be an incredible spectacle for all of those who, uh, who saw the games. 
And so they would be singularly focused on a particular task, running to win the prize, running to win the Olympic Games. They gave up everything to have this singular focus for the sake of winning this athletic achievement. And so the call here again is wholehearted discipline for the sake of following our Lord. An athlete gives up the comforts that many people want for the sake of elevating themselves physically or elevating themselves competitively. I will give you an example from somebody that I think could be termed an athlete. And if you could call him an athlete, he's my second favorite athlete and he's my number one favorite movie star. And that is, of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) For real, he's my favorite movie star and second favorite athlete to Simone Biles. She's amazing. So this is the man who was so singularly committed to training that he went without candy for 27 years so that he could grow stronger. It is hard for me to avoid candy for 27 minutes. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson went 27 years without so that he could be all muscly and look all cool so that in, uh, so that in the Fast and Furious movies, you could say, woman, I am the cavalry. That's my favorite line of his. uh, I think that's the seventh one that he says that in. (laughs) Here's the point. Here's the purpose. Singular devotion of a ridiculous sort enabled him to be the sort of person that he is. Every day up early, early in the morning, working out like a beast, avoiding anything that's unhealthy for one singular goal to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's what an athlete has to do. And for one that's called to the Lord God, you and I are called to give. But the the, the metaphor doesn't stop there because Paul goes on and calls people to work as a farmer. So he says in verse five, an athlete's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. And he brings home the analogy here using one more example, a farmer. You see, farmers have constant toil. That was certainly the case in Paul's day when they didn't have some of the machinery that we have today. And even today, with all of the equipment that can be used, the work of a farmer is constant and it is never done. When I was younger, my parents wanted me to learn what real work was. And so they sent me to the dairy farm of a family friend in central Wisconsin. They sent me to the Venheisen farm there. And I would live there for a week or two and I would spend that week or two doing the chores along with the family. We'd have to get up before the sun was up to walk to the barn where our, all the cows were. And as we would walk in the barn, we'd find that Mr. Van Heisen was already there, that his day had started long before ours had. And we would milk the cows and we would clean the barn and we would feed the cows and we'd clean out where the pigs were and we'd care for the calves and we'd bale the hay and we'd bale the straw and we'd do some harvesting and it would be from like sun up to sundown and I was exhausted at the end of every day. And I remember as I was graduating high school, we had the Van Heisens come to my, fa- my, my graduation party and I told Mr. Van Heisen, I was like, I was so exhausted at the end of each one of those days and he said, Derek, we went so easy on you. (laughs) And they did. You see, the work of a farmer is never done. And and yet it's the hardworking farmer that's able to realize the harvest. And so this is a question. Never, ever, ever use the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as an excuse for us to be lazy to shed it. And to give every part of ourselves to seek to grow in faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Constant toil, day in and day out, 
Because we're being strengthened by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what motivates us to a life of Christian faithfulness, of hard work for the cause of Christ. And then Paul brings it home. He says, remember Jesus. Verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. And just like we started talking about those simple truths of the Christian faith, about how grace, about how grace must be central for us, so do we end this morning. This is a simple truth that we're offered in conclusion. But it's something that we must never move beyond. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Remember that he was the one who was prophesied. Remember that he's risen from the dead. Remember he was preached by Paul. Remember he must be preached by every faithful minister since Paul. All those who have been entrusted with the gospel. Remember that death could not contain him. Remember what that means. Remember that it means that everything done for the Lord is worth it because everything done for the Lord is eternally worthwhile. Remember that because Christ defeated death, your life will never end if you belong to him. Remember Jesus. My prayer is that the Lord speaks to you through his word, that we cultivate grateful hearts to him and flourish in a world searching for the hope that we find only in Jesus. To hear more about gratitude, to learn about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, or to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160 through this audio ministry, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. I'm Pastor Dan Rhoda, and on behalf of the Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the Bible here on AM 1160. If you're not part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Grounded and Growing in Christ can be heard weekdays at 2 p.m. on AM 1160. I'm Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church. This month, we're focusing on the topic of gratitude throughout the Bible, exploring how God has instructed us to flourish in the world with hearts grateful and thankful to God. If you're not a part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.